look at themselves as someone who's solving a problem, not just someone who's trying to land a job. Think about what can I really bring to this problem? Think through things versus just saying yes. Talk to people about opportunities. Do you want to be the absolute best candidate for a job you'll love in a career with balance? Veteran leadership career catalyst Jonathan Flax is teaming up with leading executive search professionals to provide you with cutting-edge career transition strategies. Welcome to Career Transition Experts. And now, here's your host, Jonathan Flax. Oh, we're in for a treat today. We have Mike Fromelt. Am I saying it right, Mike? Yes, you are. Okay, I just want to make sure I pronounce it correctly, and so that's good news. Mike's been a veteran and an expert in the field of executive recruiting for over 30 years and a founder and owner of Keystone Search in Minneapolis for nearly 20 years. Uh, Please welcome Mike from Elton. Mike, in that moment, you can't hear the podcast listeners, but just tell us, what will a listener gain? What will we learn today from you regarding this uh, executive career transition? I think the biggest nugget today, Jonathan, would be uh, uh, talking about how to think like a consultant and give yourself a much better chance of landing the job that you want. Okay, great. All right, well, well, before we get into that, is there anything you want people to know about you before we get into the conversation? Anything about your background that brings you to that particular subject? Yeah, just to my background, uh, you know, 30 30 years in executive recruiting, 20 years uh, uh, running Keystone Search. I founded the company and uh, I work exclusively with privately held companies. And so a lot of what I do is is helping you know, smaller companies hire candidates who have come out of bigger organizations and have uh, experiences basically on where that, you know, that will help that company go where where those candidates have been. Um, so that ends up being a lot of my my practice. And, uh, you know, as a as it pertains to the thinking like a consultant, I actually, as part of my process, I sit in on my my client interviews with candidates. And so I've learned a lot about what's effective in an interview um, with a cl- with a client and how to uh, approach that to to give yourself the best chance to uh, to land that role. Ooh, that's interesting. Uh, I will get right back to what you observe and what you've distilled from participating in those interviews. So it's not common. I don't usually hear that from recruiters. In your prior role, prior to Keystone, you were a senior search consultant at the uh, for six years at one firm and. Um, uh, skipping the name of it for no real reason. I really just want to focus on that your title included the word consultant. Let's take a moment here and top of mind or whatever your deep view is, how would you define the word consultant as it will relate to, you know, what we're talking about? Yes, I would say that a a consultant is is an individual that comes into an organization to help solve a problem or help drive an initiative or move something from point A to point B. So in, in, the, uh, in the search process, interviewing process, I really uh, I think it's important that candidates really look at themselves as someone who's solving a problem, not just someone who's trying to land a job. So tell us about these interviews you've been uh, sitting in on. Sure. And what, sure. You, what you have distilled from that. Yeah. So what I've noticed over, over the 20 years that I've been doing this, and as I said, sit in on the interviews that my clients will have with candidates that I brought to the table, interestingly. So I brought the candidates forward, and then I will sit in on their interviews and just observe uh, how they interview with the, uh, with the client. Um, what I've learned is that the uh, typically candidates who are in transition will interview very differently from candidates who are 
gainfully employed. Um, that there's a different mindset that they come in with and it ends up playing out very differently in, in the way it comes across to the, to the interviewer or the hiring manager. Um, I think there's a, a natural thing for, for anyone that's in transition that you're, you're thinking about getting that next job. And so there tends to be a tendency to, to uh, somewhat oversell. Um, what I see from, from candidates that are gainfully employed when they're coming in, they're really sitting back and doing as I, as I mentioned about thinking like a consultant, really sitting back and answering, answer, thinking about questions as they're coming to them and saying, is this something I can really solve? How would I solve this? How have I done this in the past? Is this something, you know, and, and they're just coming in with a different mindset because they're not thinking about, I have to land this job. They're thinking, they're really, I truly thinking about, can I solve this problem? And would my skill set really help this company go where they want to go? And so it just, a, it's, a, it's a, a difference in the, in the approach and it comes across very, very differently to, to the interviewer. And most of the time, um, the candidate that's gainfully employed does better in that interview than, than the one that's in transition. Yeah. Um, and when you're back. using the words, when you say the word in transition, someone who's gained, you mean out of work at the time. I just Correct. Mean, Correct. Uh, yes. Over uh, <laughs> corporate speak it. Because uh, we consider people who are in one job transitioning into another job, we consider them in transition over here. So you're talking about a difference between someone who's gainfully employed, and this may be obvious, uh, but I just want to underscore it. Tell us a little about how that plays out, or the nuances of and the mistakes, if you will. Why, why the person who is out of work, or as you call it, in transition, what do they? Why they miss out on that? Yeah, they miss out because they they they're again coming in with that mindset that you know they they need to to land a job, and so the answer to every question is yes. Have you have you done this? Yes. Have you done that? Yes. Have you led this? Yes. And and they'll have a tendency sometimes to to do what I would say to make a to make silk out of a sow's ear. So so things that they ne- haven't necessarily done, try to trans mm-hmm. you know tr- try to translate some example from their experience into kind of mold it into to fit the question. Um, no. Whereas those the, typically those people that are 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 gainfully employed. And are, and are looking at the opportunity as, is this a, something better for me? Is this something that, that could move my career faster? Those kinds of things um, are going to look at, look at those things more objectively. And they're going to, to, again, as I said, sit back, kind of think about what can I really bring to this problem and, and answer more truthfully. And that authenticity comes across to the, to, to the interviewer. And um, I think sometimes people that are not gainful, that are out of work, um, think that what they need to show, what they need to show most is passion and hunger and the want for the job. And really what they should be showing is, is authenticity about, about their background and what they can bring to it and show that they're a good problem solver and can think through things versus just saying yes. That's a really important distinction. There's nothing wrong with showing passion and hunger and a want for the job. That that That's also important. But I hear what you're saying is that there's a little too much emphasis on that, which can come across as desperate. And it should always be client-focused. That You're saying the advantage that the uh, gainfully employees have is with a little more comfort level as a foundation, they're more likely and more geared to just purely looking at the opportunity to serve, the opportunity to identify problems and gaps and opportunities to take the business out of problems, solve problems, or to take the business to a next level. So whether you are listening and you are 
currently gainfully employed looking to expand your career or in transition and out of work looking to land the next job. Either way, you want to refine, according to Mike's suggestions, either in either case, no matter what camp you're in, you want to refine the way you're thinking like a consultant, looking for how to provide opportunity and problem solving. Mike, what are some of the best ways you've seen people do that when you've observed these interviews? I think the the, the better you can come in prepared uh, helps a lot. So kind of trying to figure out what it is that the the organization is where the organization is trying to go, what they're trying to solve. Um, that can be difficult to do sometimes, with, especially with privately held companies and, and sort of figuring out where they are today and where they want to go. But I think that needs to happen in the interview process. You need to be able to ask the, the interviewer good questions as well and understand that. So coming in, coming in as prepared as you possibly can and, and really thinking about it again from that problem solving aspect rather than from uh, can I do the job of a, you know, a vice president of sales? It's, it's uh, what, what problems are they trying to solve? And when I, when I work with my clients are, are all smaller, mid-sized, privately held companies, they're not so hung up on, on titles and, you know, they really are. Uh, and I'm typically working with the owner of the business. So they're trying to figure out how to solve business problems. And so again, coming in with kind of that mindset, what's the business problem that this person is trying to solve? And where they try and take the company. Yeah. I heard you say two things. And as you can tell, I like to underscore in, in our banter back and forth that uh, there's something in the preparation of understanding where a company is and where they want to go, but really being prepared to ask at the interview and explore with the interviewer, where's the business? Where is where's it trying to go? What are the problems? How can I solve them? Um do you have any specific examples of a stellar candidate who knocked it out of the park that way and was considered like, wow, the absolute best candidate? Or if you don't, or if you do, well, I can also ask you if you have any candidates who really botched it. And uh, interesting examples <laughs> always help color this, you know, bring color commentary and, and clarity to this subject. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I do. I have examples of, of both. Um <clears throat> a real recent example I can think of is somebody that really, really nailed it um, was somebody that was really well prepared in terms of their their examples, on, particularly on how they develop strategy for organizations. And I find that this this is um, something with my clients as well, that sometimes the strategy isn't very well defined at the company. And that's really what they're looking, even though they may not know that, that's really what they're looking for in terms of bringing in an, an executive from the outside is to really help them with how are we going to grow? What markets are we going to move into? What other types of clients can we work with, et cetera, et cetera. So, so this particular candidate just did an outstanding job of really breaking it down to say, here's in the examples that he was sharing, here are the types of new clients that we were going, here's what we saw about our business the way it was today. Here's the types of clients that we wanted to go after. Here's what we figured out we needed to do to change our products to fit those new customers and really walked the, the, the interviewers through, through a process of how we thought about that and what resources you got involved inside the company to do that. And then, and then followed up with, and here's how we executed on it. Here's what the results were. So, so some of it was following that, you know, tell them why we're doing it, what I did, and how it turned out, kind of that, that method of answering, but really uh, giving them some real concrete examples instead of talking kind of up in the air about, you know, high level strategy that was going to go way over their heads. Excellent. Excellent. I really see the 
sort of uh, strategic and step-by-step process of thinking. It really lays it out clearly. You know, what was the challenge? How, you know, why we did it, how we did it, and what were the results? Yeah. That's really important. Yeah. Um, what about an example of someone you, you expected? Yeah. I sometimes ask ask in my interviews, what's the dumbest <laughs> thing you've seen something really, really smart person do? Yeah, I've seen this multiple times. And I'd say that uh, probably the, big, the biggest thing is not listening to the question and answering, you know, coming in prepared to want to get your points across and not listening to the question. So one of the biggest examples I see is that most often my, um, I, I will help my clients write questions as well for their interviews. And so the first question I'll have them ask is, uh, give us a five minute summary overview of your background and the moves you've made and why you did so. Um, there's been numerous people who have taken 25 minutes to answer that question. And it right out of the gate um, tells me and tells the the interviewer that uh, they're not listening, that they're not, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's an EQ thing. Um, yeah. We asked you for By a five way, minute answer. We asked for a five minute answer and you gave us 25. Um, yeah. It, it, and, and by the way, just so you, you can confirm this or counter, when they ask for a five minute overview of your history and they have your resume in front of them, a two to three minute summary would also suffice. Agreed. It would be. It would be. It yes. can be done. Yes. It can, absolutely. Is the kind, if I, I encourage candidates to just, what do you stand for? I'm committed to marketing teams being able to enhance their market share. I'm committed to sales organizations having motivated people who rack up fabulous new numbers. I'm committed to finance teams finding cost cutting and savings and fabulous abilities to prove, you know, prove a point to bring in new funding. You know, just bottom line what you stand for as a future, and then you can. And you could take a look at the resume to see where I've done it. And let's get into whatever questions you have. I right. can save you a lot of time. Yeah, absolutely. That, that, yeah, that's great. I agree hundred percent. Okay. Uh, so those are getting more specific to honor your own uh, question. I'll put you on the spot, Mike. And then if you don't have it, don't worry about it. There's so much value here you provided. Is there an example you can give of someone who, uh, gave it, was there actually a particular candidate who went on for 25 minutes? Is that what your story is pointing to? <laughs> there was more, yeah. There's been more than one of those, and I can tell you that every every one of those that, that where that's happened, um, the the interview did not go well. After. I mean, they they were not asked back. Yeah, that's really really a useful piece of information. It's data. The data doesn't lie. That's right. Fantastic. Anything else in general you think uh, leader leadership oriented candidates uh, should learn from our our having this time together? Um, I, I think in terms of I mean, one, one other thing that I like to, 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 to tell folks that are in transition, I'll use that, that, that term in the way that you do that. So if someone that's looking for the next uh, role or opportunity is, is I really try to, uh, to impress upon them to really think about what are their sort of think about it almost as a marketing project. What what about my background? What about my skill set um, is going to be attractive to a certain organization? And I think sometimes it's really easy to look just at sort of title and say, well, I'm a vice president of sales. So in manufacturing, so I should be looking at other manufacturing companies. But there are a lot of other places where you can make connections. So if you have experience working in a family owned company, uh, that can be a big deal to, to family owned companies. Um, you work yeah, for in private sure. companies and especially, with 70, especially 70 to 80 plus percent, depending on what sector you're in. 70 to 80 percent of small, medium sized businesses are family owned or have some family component for sure. Right. Right. Well, that's and always, so that's, so always, that's always of interest. 
Yeah. So that's a, so that's a, that's a connection point that sometimes I don't think people look at or um, the ownership structure of the company. If it's a, if it's owned by two partners, um, if it's led by an, an entrepreneur, the person who founded is still leading the company. Um, those kind of experiences are really important. I found those to be just as important really as kind of those technical skill sets or industry skill sets and backgrounds um, because they play a lot into, into cultural fit and style fit um, and understanding how, how those companies operate. Um, so I, I, I encourage people to also when they're, when they're uh, networking, looking for that next role to really be as, um, as directive as they can. So I know, you know, say we go out there and meet with everybody that you can that, and talk to people about opportunities, where opportunities might be. But I actually tell them to, to do some research up front, figure out what those connections might be. And, and as you're doing those networking meetings, take a list of 15 or 20 companies with you. These are the companies that I want to get an introduction to um, because I found that um, people do want to help. But most of the time, their mentality is, is uh, who do I know that's looking to hire? And, and that's not necessarily what you need as a, as a candidate. You, know, you want to, to get introductions into those companies, whether they're hiring or not, into the companies you might want to work for. So I just found that it really helps that those other people help you. Um, and they can say, hey, I know, I know so-and-so over at XYZ Company. I don't know if they're hiring, but I can at least provide you an introduction. And that's really more valuable to a candidate than, um, you know, having them think about where are openings. Because that's, that's pretty hard for people to do. Yeah, that'll often lead to uh, just asking who do you know that's hiring. That might not be on the surface. But if someone gets in the door at any, uh, any 20 companies, at least five of them will be expanding uh, and or someone they hired three, six or six months ago may not have been, may not be working out. So right. it is a much better way for people to make introductions. It's an easier way to make introductions and it could yield the candidate a more real opportunities or even the opportunity to invent a role. That's at right. Certain stages of, of expertise, you could really create a role for an organization that could expand in that direction. We concur, Mike. We have a similar philosophy on that. <laughs> Excellent. Spot on. Uh, I promised you two personal questions. Uh, okay. uh, any cause that's close to your heart that you'd like to share? Where you give back? Sure. I, I would just say that I'm I'm um, I, I'm big on the environment and environmental causes, and uh, you know believe in that. I'm an outdoorsman, so I I, uh, I think that's really important. Um, and then I I'm involved in uh, also causes around uh, uh, children's disabilities, uh, children with mm. disabilities. So that's gotcha. something I've been passionate about as well. Appreciate that. Thanks for sharing that. And uh, favorite kind of music, favorite artist, favorite album, favorite band, favorite orchestra, um, favorite composer. Yeah. Well, it'll, it, it, you know, if I just said the names, it would date me. So, uh, but I'll just say right up front, I'm, I'm, you know, a kid of the '80s. So I'm, uh, you know, I grew up with U2 and Bruce Springsteen, and and uh, you know, some of those those great bands from the '80s and early '90s. So that's that's what I probably go. That's what I go back to. But I'm I'm also I, I like to just mix it up and listen to kind of whatever's new out there as well. And I great. I really think there's a lot of great singer songwriters out there today that I, I think are are really good as well. Yeah, yeah. My sons are turning me on to really good modern music that actually has good melody and chordal structure. But and I also heard I don't know the details, but I think you too just released a, something new. I think Bruce Springsteen to put out something new. 
Anyway, and Billy Idol, definitely. I couldn't believe I heard a new song by Billy Idol. Oh, really? I haven't heard that one. Go watch out for that. Yeah. Uh, Mike, we'll put your contact information in the show notes. I thank you so much for being with us. Your, descri- your descriptions and your insights on how to approach interviewing with the mindset of a consultant can really enhance someone's uh, ch- transition and their chances of landing the job they love, whether they are uh, gainfully employed and looking to make a change or in this transition of, of getting at, from uh, being out of work and the tumult of the COVID to back into a gainful employment situation. Uh, either way, they can step up the game with your, your in- intel. So thanks for sharing that with us. Absolutely. Thank you. It's been a lot of fun. All right, cool. All right, bye for now. Thank you. Take care. Thank you very much for listening to the Career Transition Experts. We hope you got something of value and would love to hear from you on what you did learn and how this episode made a difference. If you'd like to contact or reach our guests, take a look at the show notes. And you can also find there a link where we will send you a free copy of our resume preparation checklist. If there's anything we can do to help you fulfill your vision and make that transition smoothly, contact us. We are here for you. Thanks again for listening. Hope to see you again soon. Bye for now.